Hello, and welcome to Dice Try, the RPG and storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub. I don't think I want to get old. It doesn't look good. No. Especially for our generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you, watermelon juice? What are you consuming? <laughs> I'm from Alabama. I have to have watermelon every summer. There. Sounds about right. We have a watermelon. Little, Tiny little one. We've got a little baby watermelon that we uh, picked up yesterday. I got to teach somebody at the grocery store how to search pick for a watermelon. watermelon. Yeah. She was like, how do you know? I'm like, you, you pick gotta... it up and you knock on it. If it's hollow, you got it. Guys, there are certain ways you got to do it, man. I, I didn't do it like that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt... You felt the pult. <laughs> and then you put a little hay seed in your mouth and you're like, well, be mostly on along, ma'am. <laughs> I remember in 1995, there were watermelon plants everywhere. Hello and welcome to Dice Try the Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub, and I am here with all my players, Earl, Krista, Paul. We also have our musical genius, Glenn Davis, sitting off to the side there. And we have our audio engineer, GTM. I, I believe that uh, GTM stands for Gorilla Takes Matcha this week. Cool. Snatches it. Snatches it right up. Takes it all. Yeah. Snatch it. That's what we need, hyperactive gorillas. That comes after the earthquakes, right? I mean, that's probably yeah. what next month is planned. All right. What happened to the murder hornets? Is anyone still wondering? Like, we opened that side plot and then no one's gone down it. Is it gonna come? Is it gonna bite us in the ass? Maybe Ant Man got him. I, I think it was just a thing in the writer's room where they were like, we don't know how to end this. So we're just gonna let it go. <laughs> so, on today's episode of Dice Try, um, we're gonna be setting off onto a brand new epic story in the future. And today's episode is kind of a episode zero, a setting up of what that story is going to be. We're going to talk about kind of what the players are looking for in terms of an RPG that they want to play, a story that they want to tell. We are going to brainstorm some different ideas and kind of figure out what we want to do in the future. Not that it'll be right away, because I'm sure after we finish this phone call, I'm going to have to do a lot of uh, world building in order to get it set up for a truly epic story, not to be too self-aggrandizing. Dan likes epics. First of all, I just kind of want to start for the players. What kind of role-playing experience do you prefer? Do you prefer one with a lot of, like, social interaction with NPCs, a lot of improv? Do you prefer one that uh, has a lot of fighting? or political intrigue, you know, just kind of talk about what uh, story you might want to tell in the terms of this adventure. I I mean, I'm still sort of new to the RPG world, so I don't really have much, like, bias one way or the other. Uh, I do think that um, having more dice-rolling elements and elements of chance and some of like the fighting stuff is more entertaining to people listening as opposed to just like 
random hodgepodge like uh, you, there's like a set story but then because we're improving it goes all the way over to one end so we have to spend mm. more time bringing it back to the story so i think something that ha- that is a little bit more streamlined where we do have room to play around and room to be creative but still keep it on to some sort of track that's engaging for listeners as well as easier for us to record yeah, I, I agree with sort of what Krista was saying about incorporating dice rolling and chance as a sort of plot slash uh, element that, that is something that either we have to do, like when we're taking watch while we're traveling in our general daily interactive you know, world, I think if we can throw more more things to chance sometimes. What uh, are you kind of looking for as a you know, in terms of a player experience. A lot of it is characters, you know, and, and finding a, a quality character to, like, really kind of dive into and and play around with a lush world that's been, you know, really, really well thought out. One of the things I loved about Aloha, I don't know, just sort of how much thought you had put into into its creation and existence and being and lore and weird little idiosyncrasies and rules and and just you know the the whimsy and personality that it had i think that's one of my favorite things about about role playing in general you know is to sort of be able to dive into these universes and play with these characters i like stories that are consistently go like they they don't stop you you have barely any breathing room you know a perfect example actually i just recently talked to someone about this was clue and how <laughs> you don't have a moment to breathe in that movie because people are ju- tim curry's explaining something and then someone else is saying something and s- there's a joke there and then there's something else i'm not saying that's what we do i'm just saying something like that would really get people you know it, it would keep their attention yeah i'm pretty new to this whole thing i don't know how that would translate over but um i really i really like improv but at the same time i I agree with them it's it's very much it's difficult to kind of get the story rolling when we have to kind of get back on track and we you know we we have everything you know with what we want and you know we're we're exchanging ideas and then we're like oh somebody does something off the wall and now we're like let's change it up and then you know 10 minutes later we're going back to the story we were just you know spending all this time working on so i don't i don't know how we could do that better, but um, yeah, I think the improving uh, is fun, but it also takes away from that a little. Uh, more of a streamlined story. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody have any follow-up thoughts to what we were talking about just now? I guess, I guess kind of agreeing with Krista is that uh, people listening, I guess you could almost assume might not know a lot about tabletop games. So having um, having a, uh, an, a, a more aspect going into the mechanics of it could be interesting to just, I don't know, e- even for people who know, just to see different types of playing. And because I've, I've, from what I've seen, it, it, it can be vastly different from player to player, from DM to DM, how uh, the technical, you know, the, how, mm. what you dice roll for what, and, you know, mm. the intricacies. Like if we wanted to do like a one-off episode where it's like, learn how to play you know, with us 
and we do like a one-off or yeah we, or like build characters yeah, like, like on like, on the spot even or yeah i mean i think that's another thing that we could we could play around with as far as just like as a as as this podcast as dice try like for us to 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 make content about what we do you know like that might be a fun possibility to explore um, and then what I would also say is that keeping things, I don't want to say like a tight five, but keeping the epic of it sort of contained to a certain amount of episodes uh, so that people listening can follow it a little bit more like easier, especially if they're coming in at different points. But then also I think doing smaller things like one-offs to get guests in from other podcasts and things like that to sort of create a bigger outreach and then i was also thinking like if there are other homegrown games from other people who have made their own sort of rpg games for us to like try those and play with those for like a one-off or like a three episode like spot i think would be fun too collaborations are really helpful with this i mean it's like youtube you know, yeah, exactly. With each other. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think uh, of like uh, audience interaction? I didn't mean into the stories. I just meant um, maybe Q and As and things like that. Oh yeah, I I posted a thing on our Instagram asking for if anyone wants to like has any ideas for what games we can play. Uh, it's just a matter of it reaching people. Yeah. Yeah. Going back a little bit uh, in terms of the RPGs and you know, going more into rules and mechanics to explain to the audience, but also to you guys, do you prefer the mechanics and the rules of the game to be a little simpler since we've done, you know, a couple of one shots now that are very simple in terms of the rules versus something like D and D, which is probably middle ground of rules and mechanics. Would you prefer something that's more complicated than that? Less complicated, somewhere in between? I think the dice mechanics and stuff in D&D are fun and fine and enjoyable. And, you know, sort of when we do them, like, they're quite rapid and, and I think we can do them quite quickly. That it's not really, I don't think it's a hassle by any means. It's also fun at times when we do have the, when we break it up where it's the super simple one-off, like you know, 46s or, you know, whatever we, we've done. I think we had a really nice balance uh, for a while when we were doing the intermittent um, one-off episodes to break up the, the arcs. What I'm kind of asking about specifically is the rules themselves. Do you like, you know, the prescribed nature of having classes and class features that you then have to like keep track of or do you like it a little more amorphous in terms of how the rules interact with you as a character i think i like having class features because it's more personalized you know not that not that when we're playing the the one-off games aren't but i feel like there's something about the mechanics that are fun to figure out how to use and how to how to play with with your own advantage and how to have a different style around playing and I think that because we are so different of players I think to lose that would be a shame and then for me I create best when I have structure so if I if someone just is like create a character I'm like 
uh, there's so many options, I don't know what to do. That's true. Um, if I have some sort of framework to be able to play around with and to like have something like, oh, I have to do X, Y, Z so I can play within those things and create within those things. Um, so I like having a bit more of like some sort of structure of rules, especially with what you can do, so, like spell casting and... Yeah, because I think we're all of like the that. same ilk of player where we're constantly trying to think of like push the possibilities of what what we can do like in conjunction with each other like in, in utilizing all of our skills you know I feel like that's one of the, the things that I love about playing with us uh, is that we're you know sort of thinking about that idea of like how do we how do we tackle problems together and how do we use our unique individual abilities to our advantage to help situation you know so i think that that's it's most fun that way yeah it sounds like the consensus is more around that those lines that you're talking about dan kind of the D D kind of middle of the road some form of control or customization uh, and yeah customization to create some way but not too complicated because it is a audio audio form of uh entertainment and it's 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 gonna be easier to follow, I think, with a kind of game mechanic that can be easily digestible. But I also think that for the one-offs in between, like yeah. the smaller arcs, having them be a less of a formatted thing, so that we don't have to then relearn something like very quickly in between. Yeah. Every, um, I think works. And for if we do want to have guests for one-offs, yeah. having a less structured thing would be easier for them to. Pick up, able um, to pick yeah. up and join in. Yeah, I think I like most about our podcast is we started as a D and D podcast, which is a lot of those, and a lot of them can range from something really complex, like people who have been playing for decades and kind of assume that you, as a listener, understand all the rules completely. And then there are other ones that seem to be trying to teach you how to play D and D while we have an opportunity to be somewhere in the middle where we can have kind of that both of like creating, you know, whatever game mechanic we do from now on can be a nice way for people to take in and digest, even if you don't necessarily know too much about role-playing games to really be like, I like this story. I like being part of this. I like these, these actors portraying these characters. And that's why I want to listen to. I think that's the trajectory we can really tap into that is unique. It will make us unique. And I just had a thought because I have been kind of working on something on creating a potential system that we could use by combining a lot of things that I like and throwing out a lot of things that I don't like. In terms of creating a character, instead of having like abilities like, you know, strength, dexterity, and constitution and all that, would you be comfortable or would you like the possibility of making the choice of what abilities make up your character instead of saying oh i'm a super strong character i'm a powerful character and that could mean powerful in terms of will or physical presence or i'm a wild character meaning that you know i do unexpected things or that i have skills surviving in the wild it's hard to explain without having a sheet in front of me but basically the idea is that when you create a character you're describing the qualities that make up the character and we use that instead of regular ability scores 
So everyone has their own sort of... Yeah, there's no codified system okay. of abilities. But then it would, but the, but at the same time, it's sort of like a mutable system. I mean, I'm assuming that it would some somehow, like, whatever everyone decides, like, oh, say someone says power, or like another person says, like, energy, another person says strength, that would be, one of them is used to select, you select them for a physical attack or something like that. You, it's, it's yeah. So that it's, it's more personalized in a, in a way. Yeah, more specific to the character. Would that mean that there wouldn't be that rolling element to it? No, there would be a rolling element. It, it would just be uh, you choose that quality, well, let's say. And that's, that's what I mean. I mean the rolling element to begin with, like you would in D&D, where you roll to see... Where you want to put it? You that know? I haven't necessarily decided on yet. So, but essentially, there will still be a a, a mutable, fixed, comparative. Like we're not going to call it intelligence, but there will be like magical ability. We're not going to call it like dexterity, but we're going to call. It, but it can be like flippiness, like yeah, like exactly. like. Yeah, there's still a translatable quality that yeah. helps explain what the character can do, but is also more specific to, like, their personality or their physical presence or something okay. like that. I mean, I think that's really cool because it then, you know, sort of puts the onus on us as people, characters, players. I think it's cool because it makes it a, a, a character exercise. The idea is if you kind of come into character creation with an idea already in your head, by the time you finish it, filling out the character sheet, you know, describing the qualities that you have, describing the skills that you have, and then describing like the special attacks that you have, and also like uh, your connections to specific people or organizations. By the time you fill out that character sheet, you should have a pretty solid idea of who the character is. Yeah, there's a system called a beat to quarters slash uh, honor and glory. That part of what they have is you can have affiliations to specific people or organizations. Okay. That if you're okay. doing something on behalf of that person or fighting against that person, if they're like your arch nemesis, you get a bonus to your dice roll. And I like uh, that idea a lot. So it's like a nemesis, like yeah, or like a, a ally, like it's a, you a do yeah correlation. Or if you're like, you know, my character is a special agent for the Catholic Church or whatever, and you're about to make Stop. an attack that will fulfill your mission. Hold on, stop everything. That's what I want to do. I want to do some sort of like. Deep within the Catholic Church, within the Roman Catholic Church, like some spies. Like nun spies or something? Like, like the Da Vinci Code. I want the inner workings of the Da Vinci Code in a game. Damn. Spies. It, no, she could be called Nunya Business. <laughs> I was thinking that. Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking, nuns are your business. <laughs> I did write down none of your business in my notebook. Oh my God. We got it. You're not gonna remember what it means in like a week from now. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck were we talking about?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. I'm sure I'll forget what it is by the end of this conversation, and I'll look back through my notes and be like, "Your business." Hmm. Okay. So that kind of gives gives me idea of uh, kind of 
how you want the game to play out and what kind of system you want to work with and stuff like that. So I asked you guys to brainstorm a couple of possibilities in terms of stories that you might want to tell. I know that I mentioned some to you guys in the past about possible stories we could do. So the first idea that I had, one that I've had for a little while, is kind of Galaxy Quest with professional wrestlers. You play professional wrestlers who are kidnapped and taken to another dimension where you are supposed to fight in a tournament against aliens, basically. And then you escape and you're trying to make your way back home. And then the second idea I had was you essentially play two characters. One is a human and the other is a kaiju. And you are in a... Godzilla S type story where uh, the human, you know, is either a military person or like, um, oh, what is the name of that character? Miki, the uh, psychic who's connected to Godzilla. And then as the kaiju fight, you'll flip over your character sheet and fight with the kaiju. And then you'll also have rules if you get into a fight as a human kind of thing. I'm all about the kaiju. Yeah, I kind of figured you were into that one. (laughs) And then the third one is kind of a similar idea. It's an idea I had a long time ago. And the basic idea is that you're um, children on a playground on one side of your sheet. And then once you start to play pretend on the playground, you flip over your sheet and you have like a fantasy character or a cyber punk character that you play as. Your life as a child actually affects the fictional story that you're playing that's dangerous i like that i like that and then the last idea i had which i also had a while ago it takes place before the dawn of man on a fantasy world and you are playing the animals that will eventually become the patron saints of druids and rangers so you're like a big wolf that will eventually gain like mystical powers and become worshipped and over the course of the story, your actions will kind of decide what you're the patron saint of, such as death or life or alcohol, even. <laughs> but yeah, those are kind of the ideas that I've been kicking around. Paul, did you uh, brainstorm a couple of ideas of what kind of story you might want to play through? My first question is, uh... Is this going to be a story we play through consistently, or are we doing what we've been doing, which is the story will play for an episode or two and then move on to a new one? I think this story will be longer than the one-shots that we've been doing. It will have an arc and go over the course of multiple episodes. I can't say for sure how long that would be based on just the writing of it and the playing of it might take however long. Okay. Well, I have one idea uh, that is basically a ripoff of Last Action Hero. So it's <laughs> people being sucked into the movies that they're watching and having to experience that. I, I don't have anything beyond that. Uh, and of course, it's not a total ripoff. We're not going to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger or any of that shit. But it's, you know, the idea, the concept is kind of a ripoff a little bit. Do you prefer your normal people sucked into the action movie world, or do you prefer your the action movie heroes sucked into the modern day world? Ah, both are really good. 
I kind of I kind of prefer the fish out of water, you know, with a normal person being sucked okay. into a fantastic world. But it works either way, honestly. Yeah, because I thought I immediately had when you said that is that all the characters could be if they were action heroes sucked into the present, they could all be from different era of action movies. Yeah. So you could have like classic dirty Harry, you know, he just stands there in the middle of the street and shoots somebody or you could like the early two thousands, those, all those movies that use parkour in their action scenes. So you're like running and flipping all over. And then that's one. It could be like a superhero. That's really fun. That's really fun. So there's a, uh, I'll uh, throw it to you guys. Uh, Chris and Earl, having heard that, which of those two options do you kind of prefer? What would you want to play as? I feel like a normal person sucked into an action movie, part of the problem is that you would be hopelessly outgunned yeah. in an action yeah. movie. Like, there's got to might... be something that keeps you, like some, you know what I mean? Like that there would have to be some sort of mechanic that, prevents you from being utterly obliterated immediately because you're just if we're you know if you're supposed to be every every dude every man every woman every person if you just sort of get thrown into i don't know aliens a pit full of orcs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's more option for for character you know just different character quirks with having a superhero or someone from a movie as opposed mm. to a regular person going into said movie Unless, of course, like, you do a similar thing like we had in Aloha, where they have something that gives them an edge, that makes them more than just a A normal person. Sitting duck. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) like, is it a thing where, like, it's more of their conscience or soul getting sucked into Arnold Schwarzenegger from uh, Predator or something? Is it more like that, where it's just like they are, they kind of take over the powers of said action hero? Or is it a thing of, like, a separate entity that just has to help out the action hero? And is it just one person getting sucked in? Or if it's, like, multiple people getting sucked in? And or I, I, just had, I just had an idea, actually, where what, what if it's, like, you, you get sucked into, like, an Avengers-type movie, and a yeah. bunch of people end up getting sucked in, and you, you find each other, and you think you're the normal people, but you all have superpowers, you just don't know what the hell they are yet because you have no way of knowing what your superpower is, you mm. know what I mean? Or something like yeah. that line. Or it's know. like, yeah. or there is maybe like a, you, there's a replacement or yeah. something yeah. that happens. That, okay. that, because I feel like you have a similar problem the other way by getting action stars into the real world because then you have, what, what do they do? If they're just there to blow shit up, Mm-hmm. How do we make that story not become monotonous? You know, or it's funny and weird, and it's about yeah. being like yeah. quirky, work a day. Yeah. Like oh, I was a assassin for hire, but that doesn't exist in this universe. So yeah. I mean, not like the way I used to do it. So I'm uh, working at this office, I guess. Yeah, uh, Krista. Did you brainstorm a couple of ideas? I don't know. I really like the idea of like maybe sort of like a clue setup uh, of people getting like stuck in a house <laughs> having to figure out like a whodunit sort of situation. Mm, but I think cool. it would be fun if it was more of a fantasy thing or or more of a like sci-fi sort of element to add to it so that it's not just clue. 
Clue. Um, but so then that's I, Rocky Horror. Yeah. <laughs> if you put Rocky Horror and Clue together into one and then added fairies to it. Clue Horror. When we were talking about the super, the like action heroes coming over, it uh, an idea that popped into my head. If any of you have seen the British TV show Misfits, this idea that you that there are these this like bunch of like ragtag kids that are just you know a bunch of characters, a bunch of yeah. characters, rough characters, rough and tough characters that that get hit by this lightning storm and get superpowers. And they're teenagers, so they have to deal with the fact that they have the, that they now have these powers. But then, because they're a little bit more on the um, not rule following side, they they tend to use them for various illegal things. Getting something and then having to deal, like grow and deal with that. If that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I still, again, I still want that that Vatican. <laughs> I want I want the inside of what the Vatican actually is, which <laughs> is just lizard people and magic and um, like old popes that are that are like like necromancers that just have like a council of old popes and the <laughs> under part of the Vatican. I don't know. Let's make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, weird. most likely, whatever we do end up doing, I'll, I'll make it weird, because that's me. And then uh, let's go ahead and move on to Earl. Did you kind of brainstorm a couple of possible story ideas? Um, yes. One of mine uh, primary ones was, uh, what if we were all dinosaurs? Lamb <laughs> for time? I think it'd be Mario cool. Brothers? <laughs> Dinosaurs. Dino. Dino DNA. Dino DNA. What if it was us? What if what if we had Dino DNA? I'm I'm obviously gonna like take this and turn it into a story based on what we're talking about. But did you imagine it as kind of as Glenn said a land before time thing where you're trying to yes. find yeah. refuge during a yeah. crisis? Yeah. I would say I would say either land before time or alternate universe dinos that were uh not wiped out yeah well not even just not not wiped out but like technologically more advanced dinos cyber dinos uh that may have you know what if dinos became the dominant species so the dinosaur series back in the 90s this is the mario brothers movie i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) or or is it about the survival of dinosaurs Right after the comet hits, anything's possible. <laughs> True. Comets, yes. No, who cares? All of it, none of it. The Flintstones. <laughs> did you have uh, any other ideas? Or oh, was... um, I did have a, a a sort of because of my obsession with this one uh, young adult gothic horror novelist named Jonathan Belairs. This idea of like doing these weird little creepy gothic horror adventures that involve like American like witchcraft. Gothic horror, like American style gothic horror that sort of comes in. In these books there's always like a a, a person or a couple of people who are connected to this sort of old 
magic. A lot of it seems like Crowley-esque, like um, Golden Dawny, and uh, or what is it? And it, like it, it, it's it's just sort of that like a lot of it has that. There's also like references to like uh, all of these magical institutions in Europe where where immigrants have brought these magics to America, and then also there are ones where it's dealing with like that sort of reverberation of like magic that gets brought in interacting with magic that already exists in a place like rural America. And a lot of these are oddly, you know, like they're set in the like 50s to 60s, um, which is really interesting. I don't know, there's something about, I, I, I'm just always fascinated by, by uh, this sort of concept of American magic. That's actually a good point to bring up. Is everybody okay with playing like a horror story that may include um, visceral imagery? I mean, you know, like, what we, who we, you know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> I just know. want to make sure. <laughs> you know who we are. So I'll just go through the list again real quick. Um, so we had uh, my idea for the wrestling story for wrestlers kidnapped and taken to another dimension. We had the kaiju story. We had the children on a playground story. We had kind of the patron saints, patron animals story. We have last action hero. We have dinosaurs, gothic horror, clue, uh, kind of a misfit story, or none of your business. Nunjas. So is any of those are any of those sticking out to your to you guys? I like the supernatural horror kind of a thing, like the witchcraft. There's something about I think that era of post-war, pre-war. Would be um, really interesting to civil rights, like because I feel like there's some some of these ideas that kind of can overlap if you're interested in mixing these. I feel like that yeah. whole idea would be really interesting if like Krista's like clue, you know, like this yeah, magic yeah. world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, who done it? Mystery, detective mystery of these groups of characters who happen to be magicians or whatever. Yeah, or like different forms of yeah. like different types of magic that all have to come together to yeah. solve this one giant this one mystery. Giant, yeah, exactly. I like anything magic-y, so... Especially because you're, that world already is a lot... It's very rich in the eras that you mentioned, like the 60s mm -hmm. and 50s, yeah. with the types of magic from, like, Europe and America. What does that mean with yeah. that kind of gothic realm from... Even in the States with, like, what's the difference between the South and the North and, the you know, the the Pacific Northwest when it comes to what, what magic is and what it represents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really love the idea of like a clue supernatural horror uh, mystery. That that sounds like a lot of fun. I do like having fighting and battle stuff, but I enjoy more of the figuring things out, the like puzzle oh. and the mystery part of things sometimes. And I think having it be in a realm that's like either horror related or, or fantasy related or something just just outside the real world just gives it more freedom to play around with as opposed to just being like i'm so and so from the 1950s and i make shoes and now yeah. i'm going to 
I, I was going to say that a thing that, that I also really do like is the this flipping mechanic. So maybe if that could be incorporated, I don't know, maybe it's like someone is a vampire or where, I don't know, or like is some sort of supernatural, like has some sort of... Or even the kaiju, like that whole idea. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, good. I fucking love the kaiju, so I'm so happy to, and excited to play a kaiju story if that's what it goes down to. Like, like come on. Well, I guess what... Godzilla. I just watched Pacific Rim last night. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. Paul's re- ready and raring. Like, you know, we've been we've watched Evangelion, like fucking Well, uh, we probably will do the kaiju at some point, but it sounds like you guys are really into kind of a gothic horror. I wrote down the the American melting pot of magic is what I wrote down. Mm, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah an alternate narrative to like uh i don't know if you've seen carnival no i think we've talked about this before I have, yeah. like carnival proposes that the dust bowl era is sort of the final the final age of magic mm-hmm. because uh technology takes over and all of this stuff happens and there's a rapid industrialization of of rural areas and towns and and i i see that but i also i also think that you know very very in a very real sense like people brought magic here mm. and to say that like oh it, it it died completely because and and part of that lore is that there's a final battle and good and evil and so you know accepting that i think you put it succinctly this american melting pot of magic and sort of what what that is and, and, and who we are. I think it could be interesting uh, because of the different types of magic that are here. Like, it could be framing it in sort of a magical, uh, uh, like actual magical sense, comparing it to a D&D, having it be like the left-hand path, the right-hand path for like chaos magic. Having mm-hmm. both be sort of like three groups, you know, to just do like a general umbrella in. We can incorporate other things like more like native things like with like Native American magic and voodoo and like the various different types of magic that actually exists in America. In America. America. It's kind of a cool idea. You could even use the subject of magic to kind of address racial stories and and, and stuff like that. You know, as well as the long, deep history of the, you know, European witches from Salem and all of that. It's a melting pot. Well, I think this is kind of giving me some good ideas about what we want to do in the future and what I can start building and working for. A part, big part of it could be, you know, the different ways that people interpret God in quotation marks, yeah. whatever yeah. that may be, uh-huh. can have a big effect on how magic kind of appears to you is religion. It kind of dictates the way we both worship and act. So it would dictate magic as well. That's a good starting point. Yeah, I do have kind of an idea already percolating. I just don't want to necessarily say what it is yet because i might ruin it but i need to do research (laughs) yeah well thank you guys for jumping on with me tonight and uh thank you to the audience for listening we'll be seeing you in the future with more fun epic stories it's going to take me a little bit of time to kind of figure out 
what story I want to tell. I already do have kind of an idea of what the mystery might be, but I can't say it because that would ruin it for the players. Uh, I was going to say, if the audience, again, wants to let us know what they want to do, hit us up to our social medias on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter (laughs) at Dice Tribe Podcast. Thank you for listening. I don't have any final words. Does anybody have any cool final words for us? Black Lives Matter. Yeah, Black, Lives Black Lives Matter. Yes. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> How about it? Thank you for listening to Dice Try. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub, and this episode's cast has included Paul Dixon, Earl Kim, and Crystal Llewellyn. This production has been edited by Gabriel Toya Melendez with special music provided by Glenn Davis. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dice Try Podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and review. I just want to tell a whole story. Last night, I saw a bug crawling around on top of my pantry. So I got up on a step stool to uh, kill it with a shoe. And as I was standing on the top of the step stool, I thought I was going to fall. And I reached out for the counter and I missed it. And my muscles tensed and my tricep just got a charley horse in it. So for like half an hour, I'm just walking around shaking out my arm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be 32 this year. (laughs) I need to get you a license. Hey friends, thank you for listening to this episode. I know in these crazy times that it can feel like we're very far apart. If you'd like to reach out to any of us on social media, you can do so. Krista is at lady underscore rope underscore on Instagram. Paul is at Paul Allen Dixon on Instagram and Twitter. That's Allen with one L. Earl is at Earl of Sandwich on Instagram and at Firestorm on Twitter. If you'd like to listen to some of Glenn Davis's music, the composer of our theme song, he's Somnium on SoundCloud. That's S-O-M-N-I-U-M. I am at Hemingway Light, L-I-T-E on Instagram and Twitter. And our beautiful, beautiful sound engineer, GTM is at gtoya.melendez on Instagram.